Welcome to the Podcasters for Christ podcast, a teaching outreach brought to you by podcastersforchrist.com. If you're a Christian author, entrepreneur, or minister ready to share your message with the world, listen in as Christian online media expert, Pastor Bob Thibodeau, teaches you how to move your podcast from concept to launch quickly and effectively. Grab a cup of coffee and take notes. It's time to learn how to create a powerful podcast. Now to your host that's used online media to reach over 160 nations with the gospel of Christ, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello everyone everywhere, Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. I want to welcome you to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed you're joining us for part two and the conclusion of a great two-part interview with the Chief Executive Officer and Co-Founder of the Mighty Oaks Foundation, Jeremy Stallnacher. Now, if you missed any of part one, you need to go back and catch up. In our last episode, Jeremy shared a lot of the background and the mission of the Mighty Oaks and it just doesn't do justice to it here for me to summarize it in one or two sentences. But in a nutshell, this organization fills a gap and need in our society today, helping military veterans, both men and women, to deal with their PTSD, help restore order to their lives, to their families, and it is just such a great organization. Now, let's jump back into the conclusion of this interview with Jeremy Stellnacher. When I went in the military, I was not born again, even though I was raised yeah. in a Christian home and you know, my grandparents were elders in the church. We had, every time the church was open, I had to be there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But so when people come up witness to me when I was in the military, and because they could tell I was not a Christian, but I was deceived. And that's, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a member of the Lutheran church. I went through confirmation sure. classes, the whole thing. You know? Right. And, uh, you know, my wife, she got born again four years before I did. She prayed wow. for me every day. And wow. I, you know, if you to open the dictionary, look up the word heathen, it had my picture next to it. Right. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, so when I left the military, I was still not born again. Mm. And I had a very hard transition. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it was, I mean, the, when you said that the transition was hard, it was very hard for me because as I said in the beginning, that's all yep. I ever wanted to do. Yeah, I had no, you know, no other career ambitions. Yeah, I mean, there was no planning, nothing. And what happened? I got rifted. Uh, you know what that is? And yeah, uh, and I got rifted. I had exactly two weeks' notice that wow. my career was over, and uh, I was bitter, angry. I mean, oh, it was, it was, you know, it took all me. And they didn't have the resources back then in the late eighties that they have now for transitioning veterans. Yeah. I was like, you know, here's your discharge paper. Have a yeah. great life. Have a and good that life. That was it. That it, was it. it. It's yeah. crazy because <clears throat> I think people hear what you're saying and they hear what I'm saying and they don't connect those. Right. Yeah. Because what I talk about a lot is trauma. What we talk about is a lot is trauma, post-traumatic stress, post-traumatic stress disorder. These are things that we're talking about now that we weren't talking about right. e yeah. even 15 years ago. Yeah. But so much of what we deal with is what you were dealing with. People will say, well, it's combat, it's combat trauma, it's this, it's that. So much of it is a loss of identity. Yeah. Your identity is so tied to the military, to that position, to the uniform, to the rank, to the job. Then that's gone and you're completely lost. And that leads to okay. bad behavior, which leads yep. to other consequences. Yeah. So yeah, you're exactly right. And that's why we need to get folks to focus on who God created them to be <laughs> instead of what they've amen. done. Right. Yeah. Amen. I mean, I was, you know, a friend of my wife's, we go over to their house and, and her husband was a chaplain assistant. And I'm like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. You know, mm. what, you know? And so, I mean, 
the calling was there, yeah. you know, but yeah. I was so focused on, you know, kill them all, let God sort them out type of thing. Right? <laughs> sure. And, uh, and that, that was how I went at life. And, yeah. you know, if I got angry, so angry at home, something, I go off on a run, you know, right. Tomorrow, right. I'm going out for a run, come back two hours later and run, yeah. you know, 15 miles or whatever. Right. You know? I mean, so, but that's how I contained anger at home. And I go to work. I mean, I didn't eat lunch or anything. I'd go to run. Yeah. You know, I was, I mean, constantly run. I mean, it was, but you know, that was also 80 pounds ago. Okay. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, things do change. Yes. <laughs> but you know, the, and that's why I went into law enforcement because you alluded to it. It's kind of the same thing. That's what yeah. I was looking for after 10 yeah. years. Yeah, run out of business and, and the ups and downs of the business cycles and all that stuff, and just you know, right, and right. I said, I need that camaraderie. I need a mission. I need a brotherhood again, and that's yeah. why I became a cop. And yeah. all of a sudden, oh, you know, and and during that transition phase, uh, I did. I was on the verge of suicide, to mm. be honest, right? Mm. And uh, and January 29th. I, uh, January 25th in uh, 2009. That's not right. 1995. Yeah. Mm. I tell so many stories. January 25th <laughs> in 1990, 1992, in a little empty apartment in Columbus, Georgia, I mm. was selling insurance. And, you know, when 1991 happened, we know what happened there. And I was selling yep. mil- insurance to the military. And it's hard yeah. to sell people when they're 6,000 miles away. Yeah, sure. And I left my family in Louisiana. And just got a little empty apartment in Columbus, Georgia, because that's Fort Benning. I knew there was cadre there, so I could still sell insurance. And I was just trying to hang on. And yeah. uh, and that night, my wife called, said, you know, that the, the bank called. They're going to be foreclosing on the house. That's how far behind we were. The, the, she came home and a sticker was on the door saying they're going to turn off the electric, you know, and all this stuff. I mean, and she said, I don't have any money for food for the kids. What are we going to do? And I just went in and started crying. And mm. I called out to God. I said, God, if you're real, you got to fix this. Mm. Because the only thing I have left to give my family is their life insurance policy. Because I kept it paid up. Yeah. And, said, and matter of fact, that's what I'm going to do. Mm. But it was already, you know, 11 after 11 o'clock at night. So tomorrow morning, I'm going to call up, tell my kids I love them. And then that's it. Wow. And, uh, and as I prayed that, my wife forced me to take my grandfather's Bible with me to Georgia. Right. And I didn't have a bed. I slept on the rug on the carpet, just had a blanket mm. out there. And I just had that peace. You know how they talk about the peace. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. Yeah. I laid down and the street light shine through the Venetian blinds that landed on my grandfather's Bible. Hmm. I said, well, if I'm going to meet God tomorrow, at least I can tell him, yeah, I read your book. <laughs> right. right. So, and in the front, it had a, a daily Bible reading that you could read the Bible through in a year. And so I said, well, let me see what it is. And that day, January 25th, I said, Psalms 34. So okay. flipped it open, started reading, got down to verse seven and said, the Lord has heard this poor man cry. And she'll mm. deliver him from all his troubles. Mm. And immediately 
I felt the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it just mm. come flooding over. I started laughing, crying, mm. everything simultaneously. And so I know wow. that was the night. You know, and wow. that's, that's why my testimony, 11.35 p.m. Eastern time in, a little yeah, right. in Columbus, Georgia, right? Wow. Because I had sold zero insurance in a whole month. None. Not one policy. So I called up my wife because I know she'd been praying for four years. And told her what had happened. She started crying. Just says, "I'm coming home. It's a month-to-month lease. Yeah. I'm coming home. The end of this month, I'm coming. We can be just as broke together as we can apart." <laughs> right. But in that five days between that night and when I moved out, I sold enough insurance to pay all the bills in Georgia mm. and start catching up the bills wow. in Louisiana. Wow. And, wow. You know, it's been god ever since wow but the but unbelievable i was still bitter to the army because it only yeah. been three years it took me a good 10 years where i could just share this story and in fact it was on a podcast i was interviewing another veteran uh that had you know his outreach is you know for those veterans thing about contemplating suicide and all that stuff as well yeah and uh, and that was the first time it was about four years ago that I shared that story. My wife didn't even know what was wow. going to take place. Wow. You know? Wow. So your work with the mighty Oaks foundation, I mean, it is so new. Like I said, there was none of these resources, right? Not right. one. And uh, right. so, I mean, so what is the purpose of the mighty Oaks foundation? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of what you just described is, is really the process that so many veterans go through. They separate out of the military. They, lose their purpose, their direction, again, start to make bad decisions. One bad decision leads to another. And then if you add to that trauma, whether it's related to combat, related to their military service as in the law enforcement community, perhaps related to their service in the community, um, a lot of the folks that we deal with, they're struggling with trauma that really goes back to childhood and they've just carried that through their lives with them. And now they're either transitioning or they've got these other things that are contributing And what we do is we take men and women, separate programs, we bring them to a place, we have four facilities across the country, we bring them to a place where they can, for a week, um, really be focused on moving forward. We talk about trauma, what it is and what it is not. We spend a little bit of time talking about that. But more than anything, we talk about how there is a creator, there is God, and God as the creator has a plan and a purpose for our lives. And if we'll learn how to align our lives to the purpose God created for us to live, then the traumas, the trials, the obstacles, um, all of the other stuff, along with the loss of identity, all of that, it's, we still struggle with that. We still deal with that. You don't get over things. You don't forget things, but those things no longer have you bound. You find a new identity in Christ, a new purpose and a new direction in Christ, and you're able to move forward in a meaningful way. And um, it's interesting because people think since we are a faith-based program, in people's minds, that means you're a Christian program. That means Christians attend your program. And we do have Christians that attend for sure. But many of the folks um, over the years, the majority of people who have attended were not Christians when they attended, when they came. They were just men and women who tried everything else and had nowhere else to go. Uh, yeah. Many, many of the folks had either attempted suicide, had ideated suicide. He was talking about it said they were going to commit suicide. Um, it's, it's very common for us to have someone show up on Monday and say, look, if this thing doesn't work, then that's it. On Saturday, 
it's over. This is the last thing I'm going to try. Um, I've tried everything else. My relationships are broken. I have no purpose. Um, drugs and alcohol, <laughs> pornography, whatever. I'm bound to these things. If this doesn't work, and they don't even know what that means, but if this doesn't work, then it's over for me. And God gets a hold of people. We have a program run by veterans. Um, our instructors are all combat veterans on the law enforcement first responder side. They're all in that community. So they're standing up and teaching a class. And then we break up into small groups to talk about what was taught. They're teaching a class from a place of experience. It, it goes like this. I know where you are because I've been there. I've been to this program. I came through this program. This is what I learned. This is what God did in my life. Uh, I heard a class like this one. This is how it applies. And so the wall, that facade that those who served in the military and those in the first responder community put up, that, that you don't know what it's like to be me wall that everyone puts up, um, comes down immediately because everyone in the room is coming from the same place. And uh, we've seen God do just just an incredible work. Many, many, many thousands of folks give their lives to Christ. Um, it's amazing what happens when you simply contrast your life, <laughs> the life that you're living right now, with the life God intended for you to live. Amen. And and that's that's our purpose. That's what we we work to create is that environment where you're able to do that. And, uh, and folks respond. So it's been amazing. Um, and then on the what we call resiliency side, resiliency is a big word in the military right now, Department of Defense, no idea what it means, uh, but they talk about it a lot. They just don't understand it. But they talk about res uh, spiritual resiliency. That's one facet of resiliency that the Department of Defense talks about. And we have had the opportunity, uh, literally tens of thousands of folks we've been able to speak to on the active duty side on the topic of spiritual resiliency, which for us is telling our story, talking about what it is to have a relationship with God and how faith and that faith focus it changes your ability to be resilient, to bounce back when difficult things happen in your life. And uh, it's crazy because what we do is not difficult. Um, it's very, very simple. It's a lot of hard work, uh, <laughs> a lot of engagement with some very angry people and and really working through some overwhelming life situations with folks. But But principally, it's very simple. God has a plan for you. God loves you. God created you. And if you'll align to that, you find that new purpose, that new identity, that new creation, and you're able to move forward in a meaningful way. And so we've seen that happen again and again and again. Amen. And, and this involves both men and women, correct? That's yeah. right. Men and women. And, and it's a segregated program. So we have men's programs and women's programs okay. so that we can work through those things. Yes. Okay. Do you do like husband and wife teams or anything like that? We have a relationship with a couple of organizations that do um, marriage programs. And, and so our program principally is for men or for women. If a man or a woman has come through our program, then we'll scholarship them to one of these marriage programs so they can then go through that together. Uh, we have done that in the past. We don't do that now. It's just much better for qualified people to do it than for us <laughs> to do it. Um, and uh, we've got some great relationships. So we do our best to get a couple together um, amen. in a place where they can get the help they need. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I know from some of my friends, uh, survivor's guilt is a yeah. very serious emotional problem for many of our veterans. You know, how does Mighty Oaks help people to answer that question of, you know, why them and not me? Yeah. Well, you know, again, fundamentally, if we understand that God has a plan for our lives and we align to the plan that God has for us, 
that leads into an understanding, at least a basic understanding of God's sovereignty, who God is, the fact that he's God and we are not God, the fact that he has a plan for us and it's his plan and it's not our plan. So often survivor's guilt is, um, it's really us regretting the fact that we cannot control everything that happens in life. We can't control everywhere we've been and everything that we've done. We can't control what happens to other people. And it's this loss of control that creates this guilt. I should have been able to do something, to change something, to fix something, to prevent something. And when we talk about what it is to have a relationship with God, it's understanding that God has a plan that's bigger than you. God understands things in a way that you don't understand them. God has you where he wants you to be. And if there is a reason to feel guilt, because guilt can be real based on bad behaviors, things that we do that are wrong, then God is also a God of forgiveness. We don't forgive ourselves. We talk often about uh, forgiveness and people say, well, you need to forgive yourself. Uh, We can't forgive ourselves because we're not God. But what we can do is accept the forgiveness that God has offered to us. We accept the forgiveness paid for by Jesus Christ on the cross. We accept that forgiveness. We don't have the power to forgive ourselves or to release ourselves. We simply have the power to accept what God has done, his grace and forgiveness for us. And when we talk about survivor's guilt, to feel bad that we've lost is normal. To be angry that we couldn't change something um, really is trying to take the place of God. And, And we need to understand that he is God and we're not. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And, and how do you help hurting veterans to share their stories? I mean, just the fact of being able to, to talk and, and get it out begins yeah. a path for healing. How, how do you help them share their stories? What's, uh, what's crazy is once they start telling their stories, you can't get them to stop. Right? So, <laughs> um, but it's, it's that first. And so a lot of uh, men and women who come to a program like ours, or let's just say veterans generally, they live behind this. No one really understands what it's like to be me. And I, I went through this. I mean, this was a big reason I struggled so much when I left the Marine Corps. Yeah. Even in a church environment, I, I would say, you guys just don't get it. You don't understand. You don't know what I've done or where I've been or what I've experienced. And, and it be, made me very angry and then caused me to not want to talk to anyone. So many folks who are hurting, they really believe they're on an island by themselves. No one understands, you know, no one can relate to them. And we've structured our program in a way that they can't say that. Uh, So they come to one of our locations. They're in a room with 30 other veterans or active duty service members or first responders. And every single person that stands in front of them has a, a similar background, maybe not the same, but a similar background. And every class that's taught, everything that's communicated is communicated from a place of testimony. So we really lean heavy into this is my story and this is how my story relates to you. It's that bridge, if you will. And so the wall of you don't know where I'm coming from or what I've done or what I've experienced, it comes down really quickly. We model what it is to tell our story. This is what I've experienced in my personal life. This is what I experienced in my military life. These are some of the struggles that I've had. I realize we're strangers, but I'm sharing with you this with you because we have this common bond of service. And we model that. And throughout the week, we continue to model that. And then we have a point in the week where we give everyone the opportunity to give their testimony, which is, you know, Christian word for uh, tell your story. And and we give them 20 minutes and they do it. And it's crazy because they're in an environment where they've 
had trust established. Um, they've seen other people lead with their testimony, hard things like, you know, being molested as a child, uh, being abused as a child, broken relationships, bad behaviors, hurting others, some of the survivor's guilt. All of that stuff is talked about very openly by our instructors. So when, when they have an opportunity then to share their story, they do. And unbelievable healing comes from that. Uh, you know, the yeah. book of Revelation talks about the power of testimony. Uh, it's, it's amazing. We have this stuff rolling around in our heads and it makes sense to us. But when we start to speak it, we get it out of the dark and, and things change. Um, peace comes and, and God uses that in a powerful, powerful way. So really, how, how do we get there? We get there by leading with our testimonies, by telling our stories, by demonstrating vulnerability and transparency, and then asking the students who are there to, to simply follow what we've we've already modeled for them. Amen. Amen. You, know, you said something in, in about uh, you don't know who I am. You don't know my background yeah. you don't know what I've yeah, done. Yeah. And that was my argument to God yep. in 1995 when he called me into the ministry. You know? I said, God, <laughs> right. you, you got to pick someone. Yeah, else. You right, don't know what right. I've done, what I've, you know, yeah. that, that, and all this. And he said, no, this is why I've called you into the ministry, mm. you know, mm. because you can, uh, you can tell this story to other people yeah. and help them, you know? Yeah. So, amen. Praise God. Yeah, now, right. Does your organization offer speakers to like other veterans events or churches and conferences and things like that? We do. We have uh, we have speakers. In fact, that's one of you know the major things that I do. I guess um, is is represent our organization uh, to military events, to conferences, all of those things. But also then to go to churches and to preach and teach. And um, it, what's interesting, and, and and you know this, your your listeners obviously would know this, that trauma is not reserved for veterans. In, in the veteran community, veterans seem to think that it's reserved for them, but it's not. Um, Everyone deals with trauma to one degree or another, some acute diagnosable trauma. Um, we're told statistically that 70% of Americans will experience an event in their lives that could be diagnosed as a traumatic event, meaning they could be diagnosed with post-traumatic stress. And so this is a very common event. And so what's been really, really interesting is to go to conferences, to speak in front of the military. But for me, more specifically to speak in churches and talk about trauma and the connection that is had with people who have never served in the military, but yeah. understand what it's like to hurt and understand then what they need to do to move forward. And so um, I do that. Our founder does that. Um, we have an incredible cadre of folks who can and do tell their story. And um, again, God uses that story, that testimony to minister to others. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So if a veteran wants to come to their first responder family member wants to yep. come through your program, is there any cost for the, the program? So this is one of the great things that again, God has opened some amazing doors and uh, through incredible donors, people who care about veterans. Um, the simple answer is no. In fact, for someone to attend our program, they need to be a veteran, an active duty service member, a first responder or a spouse of one of those then go to our website and fill out an application. That's what they need to do. Beyond that, our team will take that application. We cover the cost of the program, and we even cover the cost of travel to get to the program. Oh, we've we've done everything we can to remove every obstacle for folks to get the healing they need. And, and <laughs> what we've learned is that people who need help uh, often will use whatever they can to get out of getting help, which is crazy. <laughs> and uh, finances, that, that's a big one. 
And so we made a decision several years ago, we're going to raise the money to pay for plane tickets, you know, whatever we have to do to get people to where they need to go. So absolutely no cost, including travel to come to our program. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Uh, you also host a podcast, March or Die, correct? Yeah. How's I have a, program? yeah. So, you know, when I was in Iraq, um, a lot of things happened. I wrote a book called March or Die. Uh, it was a motto of the first unit that I was a part of in the Marine Corps. Real simple, right? You move forward or you stay where you are and die. Doesn't get more Marine than that. Real, really easy to understand. <laughs> and uh, the book that I wrote talked about our time in Iraq and then spiritual lessons that I took out of that. It's called March or Die. So I started a, po- a podcast a couple of years ago <clears throat> with the same title where I really just, I just do that. I talk about how to move forward when life becomes overwhelming. And, and, and dying is not physical, although it can be that. There are many, many, many people who are physically alive and that they're breathing, they're going about their daily lives, they're living their, uh, or they're doing their jobs, they're doing what they're supposed to do. But emotionally and spiritually and relationally, they're absolutely dead. They've stopped moving forward. They know that. They've given up because life has become too difficult. And what they need to do is put one foot in front of the other and march to continue to move forward. And so that podcast, that's what I talk about. Um, Often it's me sharing a principle or principles for that. I've had some incredible interviews uh, where I've been able to talk to others who understand this at a high level and able to talk about moving forward. And it's been uh, been great. It's been very good for me. I I pastored for a long time, which means I preached for a long time. And um, this has kind of become that to me in in a way, is an opportunity to share so many of these principles with folks. Amen. Amen. Jeremy, this has been a great interview. I know someone out there listening to us today either needs to get in touch with you or knows someone that needs your services. So how can someone get in touch with you, the Mighty Oaks Foundation, and apply for your services or have someone come out and even speak at an event? A couple of places. Uh, I'll give you two specifically. One, the first one, the most important one is our organization's website, mightyoaksprograms.org, mightyoaksprograms.org. And we've worked very hard to make that a website where you can find an application, you can get information. There are also resources there. If you are an active duty service member, first responder, or a spouse, um, go to the website. You'll find a programs button at the top. And when that dropdown comes, you can find out more information about the program. You can apply for the program right there. And again, that goes to our team. We'll get back to you. We'll get you set up. If you'd like to support, there are places to do that. You want more information, you can read about us. We also have several places to get resources. We produced a number of books. We have a tab at the top there called Watch, which is, man, it's just a list of podcasts we've done, testimonials, great information, resources for you, trying to make all of that available. So mightyoaksprograms.org, that's a great starting point to connect with me specifically. Um, my name is about the only thing I can remember anymore. So jeremystalnecker.com, jeremystalnecker.com. And uh, that links to my blog, my podcasts, uh, other stuff that I've been involved in. And then you can also find information about Mighty Oaks there, of course. So those two places and uh, anything you could ever want to know about me or about us, you can find there. Amen. Amen. Folks, I've spoken at veterans conferences and I've met many people in in what I do that serve this nation. And many of them suffer from some form of PTSD, you know, or they have traumatic brain injuries. They Mm. develop severe illnesses and the services offered by the mighty Oaks foundation. They're there to help these people. Okay. Perhaps, you know, of someone that can use their services, perhaps you can help them reach someone that can use their services. How one, 
by putting them in contact with Jeremy and, and the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Yep. But two, make a donation to support their work. Every mm-hmm. donation matters. Every dollar allows them to continue reaching others right. that need their help. You heard how they pay the travel expenses to get right. people there to, to attend these events. I urge you, go down the show notes right now, get in touch with Mighty Oaks Foundation and ask how you can help. Use the links below to get in touch with them and Jerry Stellinger today. Jeremy, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us today. I do appreciate it and and all the work that you and your team is doing to help veterans and first responders and their families. I I just appreciate that so much. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate just the opportunity to share. Amen. I'll I'll be sharing your information with some veterans groups that I'm in touch with as well. Great. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. For Jerry Stallinger and myself, this is Pastor Bob reminding you, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.